It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio B of our CHGO offices. Looks like a remote show because we showed up, but our guy Steven didn't. What, what's going on, Steven? Oh, you're uh, throwing Steven under the bus. Right, right. I mean, hey, hey, we're hey, here. One, of us, one here. of us looked at the schedule here, and it, it wasn't either of you two. It said remote <laughs> on there. I'm where I'm supposed to be. That's true. Uh, welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, host of the CHGO White Sox postgame shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. No Herb Lawrence today. He is in Pittsburgh uh, taking a vacation, watching the White Sox for some reason. <laughs> vacationing to pittsburgh to, to do the thing that he does for work um man herb is what a, a life herb, herb lives a different life than the rest of us hey uh you know what why not why not he got he got to see his second favorite ballpark uh so at least he gets to take a trip around the usa uh, i did uh love your response to matt peck when he was like oh you're not in pittsburgh and you're like why would i be <laughs> Who wants to go to Pittsburgh for, for a vacation? Um, we are coming to you again live after a White Sox loss. They lose one to nothing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. A donut, an Easter egg, more uh, probably more apropos sure. uh, for today on Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Um, White Sox lose one nothing. They lose the series two to three. They did take the game on Saturday. What did you take away from this ugly game? And maybe we just start with the ugliest thing about this game, and it's O'Neill Cruz's fractured ankle. Well, certainly I want to take that out away from my memory because mm-hmm. that is a horrible thing to have to have seen a million times during the broadcast. Um, boy. It's, um, oh, let's slow it down, too. Listen, <laughs> let's, let's listen. find the exact moment. Is well wishes fractured. for O'Neill Cruz yes. because that looked horribly painful and uh, something that you wouldn't want to wish on anyone. Um, I don't think this I don't think I would describe this game as ugly. Um, you know what I mean? I, I, certainly the White Sox have played a few of those, a yeah. uh, few of them this weekend in this series. But um, I, I think this one was, was OK. I, I think. Michael Kopech turned in a really, really good pitching performance. And, uh, you know, I'm, we're, we're seeing our comments fill up with the uh, typical reactions that you get a week <laughs> into a Major League Baseball season or a week and a half into a Major League Baseball season. The team's under 500, and so, of course, the season's over already. But if you're looking at a long-term thing to uh, make you somewhat optimistic about the White Sox chances over the course of the entire summer, 
look at the corrections made by Michael Kopech between right. his first outing uh, uh, way back on Monday in the home opener in which he gave up five home runs to the San Francisco Giants to today where he gave up next to nothing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, now, obviously, the offense couldn't back him up. So at the end of the day, you know, if you're if you're just if, if you're pulling a Tony La Russa and you're just living and dying by the result, obviously, you're not going to be happy. But my goodness, moving forward to show that he can bounce back from that, the the work that him and Ethan Katz and the White Sox put in to take a look at what was going wrong in that game on Monday to get to where they were today, where he has thrown. That's the best. That's the second best starting pitching outing the White Sox have had yes. this season, hands down. Uh, you know, obviously, Cease had the gem on opening night in Houston, but uh, this is easily the second best that they've had so far. Uh, very, very nice day for Michael Kopech. Here's the thing, too. I've been probably the most worried uh, out of me, you and Herb about Michael Kopech and his future. Uh, and if he can be a starter, this is just so promising. And I, I know we've seen a lot of these spurts from Michael Kopech, but he throws 102 pitches today. And on pitches, I guess, 100 and 101, he hits 98 both times to G-Man Choi. I mean, just being able to have that velocity, throwing 51 fastballs with a pitch clock, and not gassing out like that was my concern that he might not have that ability to go deep into games. We really haven't seen sharp stuff from him in a while since he's been coming out of the bullpen and he displayed, you know, great stuff on his fastball and slider today. You I have no reason not to be giddy about this start for Michael Kopech. Uh, you see the horrible blow up in the fifth inning against the Giants and really looks like one bad inning because outside of that, he looked Pretty decent in those first four uh, innings against the Giants. So I, I, I'm very excited about Michael Kopech's uh, kind of bounce back, as you've described it. Um, I thought we'd see more changeups today, um, but he was really fastball slider prevalent, 50% fastballs, 42% sliders, uh, and it was working for him. And his velocity is up on every single pitch. Uh, it's up a mile per hour on his fastball. Again, he threw 51 today, uh, a mile per hour on his sliders. He threw 41. Uh, his changeups up 3.8 miles per hour. Uh, and he even flashed a curveball that was at, uh, what, 80.9. Uh, so just effective and really powerful stuff. And, you know, we want to see Michael Kopech turn into this power pitcher. We see the frame. This is, you know, fantastic signs that he has this power and can Administer it through 100 pitches over six innings and not really have any diminishing returns. Yeah, and I mean, listen, if there's going to be something that you're going to be worried about as 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 White Sox fans over the course of the first 10 games of the season, it's the pitching. It has not looked good. The starting pitching in particular has not looked good, but I think the bullpen before today had given up a, a run in every game, right. in each of the first nine games. So that not looking good either. Um, if you can you can take comfort today knowing that it's not all going to be bad uh that that michael kopech can be part of the solution to that problem rather than continue to be uh one of the symptoms or the or the causes even of that problem um you know dylan ceases looked good two times th two times mm -hmm. through obviously he was sick in that second one but managed uh yeah. even with all even with a lot of walks to, to hold the giants to a pretty low run total one hit Pretty good. Yeah, one hit pretty good. Uh, but yeah, but Kopech, the first time through the rotation was the biggest worry, right? And then the second time through the rotation, you've got Cease and and, and Lynn and Giolito and Clevenger stumbling a bit. But hey, then Kopech comes back. So I, I think, you know, if, if you keep it, go day by day and then it, you continue to get a bigger, bigger picture of what's going to happen and what's currently happening with this team right now, right now, two turns to rotation, 
everybody's got one good one and one bad one. It seems like um, Michael or um, Dylan Cease's bad one isn't quite as bad as everybody else's, but uh, but everybody else's good ones aren't quite as good as as his good ones either. Obviously, he's a Cy Young candidate for a reason. Um, but I, I think if everybody's fretting about the pitching, and certainly the numbers show that you should be, the ERA is sky high right now for the team as a whole. Um, you can look as as you get a bigger sample size, things are maybe looking, especially after today, a little better. Yeah, Husky Bardo in, uh, with the super chat, $5 super chat saying, this team is not good. You lost $70 million. You've, you lost to a $70 million team. Uh, love Vinny being optimistic, but this team will be buried by the end of April with the schedule. Buried by the end of April? Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> I think there's a very important series coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in the, in the second half. Uh, but the Twins coming up, you're going to Minnesota. We're going to see less and less of the AL Central, so I think these games are going to be more and more important. And you have your top of the rotation versus their top of the rotation. We're going to see Lance Lynn versus Pablo Lopez. Isn't that beautiful? Well, it yeah. doesn't that right Herb, itself. You're going to have to wait for Herb to get here. That post-game show on Tuesday is going to be a oh. bloodbath, blood I'm sure. The pregame show, too. You might not want to show up. You might want to say, oh, guys, I thought the pregame show was remote. I'll hide behind the <laughs> behind the chairs out, out in Studio A. But it's going to be a very exciting kind of, uh, you know, what, uh, barometer, I guess, of where the, the White Sox stand. Because, again, I think Wayne said it. You haven't gotten the pitching when you've gotten the hitting. Um, you did the first night when you won 3-2, mm -hmm. um, but still only scoring three runs against the Astros. Seeing Michael Kopech go out here and, you know, White Sox offense do nothing, uh, but still out hit the, the, the Pirates 5-2. Yep. to two. Um, Like, it just felt like things aren't clicking, and we saw that a lot last year. But, again, this is a team that, isn't new to playing with each other, but Oscar Colas is new. Andrew Benatendi is new. Elvis Andres is getting uh, news to a new position, and we see him make two mistakes, but also a great play. Uh, there was a play where, he, you know, G-Man Choi hits a laser, and he goes ranging out like a shortstop, makes the jump throw and turn. That was great, but then he gets called for uh, having his feet on the edge of the grass, and that was a ball for the White Sox, and then throwing Tim off the bag where they could have gotten a double play. So, like, everything's not clicking with this team just yet. I mean, Clevenger's new to the rotation as well. Um, but I don't think, again, it's been seven games. It's really tough to say, you know, we're burying the team that leads the AL or leads the American League, leads the MLB in hits and uh, leads the MLB in extra base hits. Like, there are positive signs from what we've seen so far. It's just, it hasn't clicked in a game. Sean, I have uh, big yes. information on my phone that is telling me that it is April 9th. Okay, there you go. April 9th. Come on. I get it. It's sports. You get mad, but come on. It's April 9th. <laughs> the Rays are 9 0. Do you think the Rays are going to win the World Series? Well, I mean, I. I didn't pick them to win the World Series, but I guess that's a very good point, right? The Rays haven't lost a game. Does that mean they shut down the season? Oh, well, the Rays are the complete, uh, obviously the best. No need to play any more of these games. Let's Not, see. Guys, how how many night. World Series have the Rays won? Oh, right, none. Uh, you know, been, they've been to a couple fairly recently. Yeah, true. You know, uh, <laughs> a lot more than the White Sox in the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it is too early to tell, and I think there are still some lives. Do you think the White Sox pitchers through two turns are going to have an ERA above eight? Probably not. I think there's there's two some some uh, for some regression there. But looking at a team that was second in major league hits, uh, second in hits in the major league last year, only behind Toronto, it's not crazy that they would be leading the major leagues in hits. And yeah. that hey, we are seeing a couple more uh, doubles, which is great. Like we needed to see more extra base hits when the White Sox hit 1,000 singles in 2022. It's it's why it's why uh, it's why when you know at the end of these series that we call them takeaways, right? Things we learned from the series are takeaways. They're not conclusions. Yes. <laughs> because the only time you can draw a conclusion is when when the math says so. So um, I can, well, 
course I can believe. I was going to say I cannot believe, but I, of course I can believe. I've been dealing with uh, dealing with uh, fan reactions for many years now. Of course I can believe that we're talking about the team being dead and buried uh, 10 games into the season, but come on, come on. It's a, it's a long way to go. It's going to be a long summer if you're if you're busting out the shovel already. Or it'll be a <laughs> short one because all these baseball games are going pretty quick. Uh, we oh, saw yeah. a Good brawl. One today. We saw a, a, a couple uh, pitch clock violations. We saw Elvis Andrus be weird uh, with the uh, having his feet on the ground. And we a replay review a with, replay uh, with, the, with the TA play, yeah. Um, I think there, well, they, and then they had a replay if uh, Elvis's feet were on the grass yeah, too. Yeah. Um, a lot of replays. Yeah. So And it, it was still breezy. What? This game started at... Uh, 12 it was two and it was about 1235 yeah so it was about about two and a half hours yeah so very very breezy um you know a one nothing game should be breezy but uh, the pitch clock is running away with the mvp award (laughs) not aaron judge he had two homers today it's a pitch clock that's fine aaron judge (laughs) but you 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 have you have yet to master time you are not uh you are not the uh kang the conqueror of major league baseball (laughs) Right. But even when we see a ton of, uh, I don't get that reference, by the way. No, um, I'm, I'm sorry. You'll, yeah. you'll, you, it's okay. Steven, you get it? Yeah. Yeah. I do. That's a Marvel reference. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up to date with these things. Thank you, Steven. I, I'm yeah, in the dark with that journey. stuff. Uh, I got to go watch some movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, can I see, learn that from a movie or does it have to be from the comic books? Uh, the newest movie they had, the, the Ant Man movie that nobody liked, that he was the, he was the bad guy. So. You can wait for that to come out on Disney Plus and then take take a gander. Why not? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or not. Right? Uh, or not. Uh, but nine, a 13 to 9 game under in three hours, uh, 248, and then the game that goes 11 to 5, uh, 304. So, I mean, even when it is long, it doesn't feel that long. Um, it's It's been great. And a, a pace to this game is what it desperately needed. We're not seeing middle of the inning uh pitching changes which i think is great obviously they got rid of the so loop. today the, the, so did, the pirates right. did one today but they didn't it doesn't you know bring doesn't, everything yeah. to just a screeching halt like they used to yeah well, and that's a, a newer rule too the loogie and the three batter minimum but like still that that was a great change and then now just seeing the pitch clock like this is great baseball I, I love it and you know when the pirates are able to go out and field be real easy and smooth for them on the on the on the basis so um just a shout out to the pitch clock because we've seen now uh, you know more pitch clock violations, uh, a couple of weird shift rules too. Uh, so we're seeing some of the rules come into play, but uh, nothing's really changed the game. Like it's still baseball. Like it's still, um, I, I think, uh, a, a better version of baseball. So I'm happy with 2023 uh, baseball. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Clevenger and Lynn. Um, I don't know if there's much to take away uh, from this series. Maybe just the Pirates are pretty decent at hitting. Um, I mean, putting up 13 runs and uh, five runs, uh, not bad. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you want to put it all on the pitching being bad. Uh, it's not been good, um, but I don't know. I've, I've been surprised by a lot of these teams, uh, San Francisco and Pittsburgh specifically. I mean, they just seem to have some decent hitting. Yeah. And I, I guess the point there's another point in favor of kind of sitting back and waiting because right now we don't know what some of these teams might be. You know what I mean? Maybe by the time you get to the end of April or the end of May, you'll be able to look back and say, oh man, White Sox pitching really screwed up there because those two teams are no good and they're not hitting against anybody else. Or you might be able to say, oh, well, the White Sox, you know, gave up all those home runs to the Giants, but you know, look, here we are at the end of April and the Giants are, are hitting everybody. So some, some more time uh, uh, in between uh, those, those assessments could probably help you make a better one. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, the pitching I don't think has been great. I think certainly uh, there were guys who we expected to go out and, and have an upper hand. I mean, especially a guy like Lance Lynn, who 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 pitched in that final game of the Giants series. Um, you know, Mike Clevenger looked so good against the Astros uh, last weekend. And now yesterday he's getting knocked around uh, as well. So um, Lucas Giolito, we don't know what to make of it quite yet. We thought that his first start against Houston was fine. And then he comes out against Pittsburgh and has a real bad one. So, you know, again, more time is going to offer better perspective on what these guys' uh, uh, individual games looked like. Was this a blip? Was this a sign of things to come? We'll find out once they start pitching some more. I think right in this moment, you, you have to you have to trot these guys out there. I mean, that's the thing is like it's it's so early that they that so many changes can be made, but it's so early that you can't even push the button on those changes yet. Right. Now that we did see the White Sox do one this weekend in getting rid of Jose Ruiz. I, I personally, I think that was probably more a reflection of what they needed at the big league level rather than his performance through only three relief appearances so far. No doubt. He was not good. He gave up five, what three homers and two appearances against the giants. Right. Um, he, he was he not nine good. earned runs and three and two thirds. That's real bad. Uh, that's so, an ERA at 22. It's real bad. But the point being that, like, relievers do that. Relievers have bad games you, uh, and, and don't get kicked off the team because of two bad games. I think what it was was the the starting pitching had been so unreliable for right. the last few days, and they were going into this three-game series this weekend in Pittsburgh. They needed a guy who was going to be able to come up and eat some innings, maybe multiple ones at a time. So they call on, they didn't have that in their bullpen, in their opening day bullpen. So they call on a guy in Schultons who – it's that job description. You got to get rid of somebody. There's got to be an odd man out because there's rules on how many pitchers and and uh, and position players you can carry. And Ruiz is is the guy that goes. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, and to that point too, like there there wasn't a length guy. Like I mean, you really didn't have anyone besides Tanner Banks that provided that role last year. Um, like well, Velasquez eventually, right? Well, yeah, and, and yeah. Vince Velasquez. So like, and he's gone. Um, right, he, he pitched in the series. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, like there wasn't that length guy and you know, Jake, they all kind of blend together. The middle relievers at this point, um, I guess like Jimmy Lambert has a little bit more of, of rope just because this is his now what second full year start, like in the rotation, we've seen a lot of Jose Ruiz. Um, he was one of the more tenured white Sox relievers. So, um, you know, this isn't the world baseball classic. The, no, it's not. The point I was making though, was like, you saw, I, I think a lot of people were like, Oh my God. Well, good. They, they answered all our complaints. You know, this guy had two bad games and Twitter goes, Oh, caught him, get him off the team. And guess what? They got him off the team. I think look back to last year when even in a guy who not many people might've had faith in, in Dallas Keuchel coming into the season was given the amount of time that he was given because you got to find out what, what he is. And, and by the time that he had enough of a, of a track record in 2022 to show you that things weren't getting better, they made the move that they made. I think in the first two weeks of the season, it's really hard to make those moves again, unless there are roster needs like the, like what happened with Jose Ruiz. Yeah. And Schultons too, when he gets used three innings to close out a, a five run game, right? So using them in garbage time uh, and garbage innings just to, to eat those up. So um, again, filling that need, which um, it sucks that that need is uh, existent, but uh, uh, it is a need nonetheless. Uh, Final thing I wanted to bring up was just some pitching stats. Um, and then this thing from Lance Brozdowski from uh, about Lucas Giolito, um, just kind of finishing up on the rotation stuff. Um, so Steven, if we want to flash Kopech stats today, um, 
mainly the called strikes plus plus whiff. We can do this first. Um, six innings pitch, one earned run, two hits, five Ks, three walks, four Kopech. Um, and let's get to the stuff. Um, so he had eight swings on 23 fastballs. That's 35% whiff rate. That's great. Uh, five whiffs on 24 sliders, 21%. That's decent. Uh, 13 whiffs on 47 swings, 28% whiff rate. Uh, very nice from Michael Kopech. Uh, when they did hit him, average exit velocity of 93.7. So they weren't able to get too much on it. He did leave some sliders out over the middle of the plate, uh, but they weren't able to kill him outside of uh, Kenyon uh, Smith and Jigba. Uh, who hit the triple off a yeah. slider. Um, Romy had a decent shot to try to play it off the, the wall, but I mean, that's always such a weird one because you're in the light and then you go into the shadow. So that must be such a hard and transition up against the wall. Against the yeah, wall. Right, yeah. um, so that that was a really tough play right there. Um, and Kopech too, getting down with a weird curveball was uh, looked like a strike on game day. It was called a ball and then left a, a slider over the middle of the plate. Um, but then, Stephen, we want to go back uh, to that stuff graphic real quick. Uh, called strikes for Kopech today, 21. That's amazing to see. 34 called strikes plus whiff. That's his number. Uh, look at that. And uh, a called strike whiff percentage of 33%. MLB average is 30. So uh, above average start here for Michael Kopech. Absolutely phenomenal to see. Um, and then just going back on the other starts, um, Gio got eight whiffs on 33 swings. 35% called strike plus whiff percentage. Um, Lance Brozdowski of uh, Marquee uh, had some stuff notes on Lucas. Uh, he's tweaked his forcing fastball a little bit. He's getting an extra inch and a half vertical break or ride on his fastball. He's also throwing it a mile and a half harder. Stuff plus is a fan bumping his fastball grade from 85 to 101. And he's getting more change up uh, separation. So Lance thinks that the results so far that Le Lucas is getting you know, not really matching up to his stuff being better. So we might see positive regression coming up from Lucas Giolito in his next start. Um, Lance had nine whiffs on 43 swings, uh, a called strike whiff percentage of 27%. That's not good. That's below average on both of those. Um, not really a typical Lance start, but he also seemed to have diminishing stuff. I'm not sure if he was dealing with dead arm just by having so much work so far through spring training and the world baseball classic. Um, I'm not sure if that was a little bit of dead arm uh, he was dealing with. And then Kopech um, in his last start, 12 whiffs on 39 uh, swings. So just dominant uh, again with his stuff and, and that continuing and they didn't any home runs off of him, which is good. Um, Clevenger got four whiffs on 38 swings and a called strike whiff percentage of 22%. Uh, that was very bad, uh, very off of his Houston start where I think he got 13 whiffs um, and his called strike whiff percentage was around 31%. Um, so I'm Clevenger looking the worst uh, out of those stats. Like his stuff really just did not play well. And he's got um, two against, wins against so how Pirates. About that? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so uh, he does look like the weak link. But again, uh, there's the reason why he is the fifth starter. Um, so, I mean, I guess Kopech is fifth in the rotation. But well, yeah, yeah just we, by numbers. But just by just by also spring training, just a little bit delay there. It's but, the schedule more than anything. Yeah, but yeah. right. Um, if, we're, if we're going to a four man rotation in the playoffs, I think I think. Kopech beats out Clevenger for that spot. Um, Cease Lynn Giolito for the upcoming Minnesota series. We'll take a break here and talk about that Minnesota series and how important it is to the White Sox. But we want to let you know how you can watch your White Sox Fubo TV with 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You could stream live TV from any device with Fubo Pro. You could watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You had the Bulls on uh, one NBC Sports Chicago. You had the White Sox in the other NBC Sports Chicago. You could watch both of them. Uh, you could start watching immediately with the seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. And you have over 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch local teams while traveling. 
And uh, I know this just wrapped up, but uh, it was a crazy final in the Frozen Four for the NCAA uh, hockey tournament. Uh, oh, I can't say that college. The Quinn, Quinnipiac. Thank you. That one, yeah. That team won. Uh, and you can watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago. Steven just crushing it with the pronunciation. <laughs> They're the ones that do the polls. They do a lot of polls, like political polling. And so you like if you watch really? the – like I, I didn't even really know they had teams – I had yeah, just yeah. heard of them through like the news. Well, and they have like yeah. they're they're very northeastern. Like they have uh, baseball, lacrosse, and hockey. I think those are like okay. the D one gotcha. uh, ones. They're not. They don't think they have a football program. Uh, sure, I think, they're not FBS. No, I think they have a cool. Uh, yeah, they're the Bobcats. Ooh. I've always liked Bobcats. Um, you can watch the Quinnip. Quinn, oh, Stephen, say it again. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac, uh, Bobcats, yes. uh, and the Chicago White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. You can go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO as well. Vinny, what you drinking? Oh, a little 312. Oh, look at that. A little go- goose product here. Honk, honk. Uh, I like the new cans, by the way. Yeah, I was noticing nice. this the other day with the phone, the phone with the colors coming out of the phone. It looks good. Yeah, it's good. I, I, the, the rebrand, I think it was uh, I think it was time. Uh, CHGO supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. They are a, th- a very a deep roster of beer. They have the Blackhawks at Pale Ale. They have the, obviously, 312 Wheat Ale, but they also have the Bull City 312. You can drink. Goose Island 312 in a city uh, uniform, uh, wait, city edition uniform can. The can matches the, the new 2023-2022 uh, city edition uniforms. You could drink on that while they're in the playoffs, though. Uh, you also got the Bourbon County Stout, the Shandies, the Lemon and Tangerine one, the Levy Easing Kolsch, which uh, is a new one. Uh, that's the, like the summer beer. I think it's called Summertime specifically. Nice. Uh, the Beer Hug IPA series, the Green Line, the Matilda and the Sophie, and there's also the No Plans as well. Uh, you got Goose Island's two locations that are open and ready to welcome you. You could grab a beer right from their innovative tanks at Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton, or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations to pick up, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Goose Island Beer Company we also have on April 27th and April 28th. Eighth, the CHGO Bears draft party over at Joe's on Wheat Street with our friends over at Goose Island. Go to allchgo.com. Diehards do get 20% off to that event, and it should be good fun with the Bears picking top 10, unless they trade it. Um, let's go to the upcoming series against Minnesota. Very weird start time on Monday. It is at 110. Dylan Cease versus Kenta Maeda on Tuesday, April 11th, 640 Lynn versus Lopez. Watch out Herb Lawrence and Wednesday, April 12th at 1220 or yeah, at 1210 uh, Giolito versus Gray. Sonny Gray in his last start struck out 13 Astros. That's uh, pretty good. That's pretty good. Wow. Uh, Minnesota has looked very good to start the year six and two, and they currently uh, are losing five to one to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, so they'll be well, six and they must be playing somebody else because they are the Minnesota Twins. Oh, the Houston yes. Astros. There we go. Thank you very much. Uh, Jose Abreu also has a nine game hitting streak. Oh, uh, remember to, that guy? To start his remember that guy? Astros career. Um, what do we make of the, of the Minnesota Twins? This is a team that I picked for the AL Central uh, to win the AL Central. Um, and two, with the shortened schedule against the uh, division opponents, not seeing them 19 times anymore. How much will AL Central series mean to the White Sox? Because, hey, you can lose you know, two out of three against the Pirates, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you shouldn't. <laughs> you the, shouldn't. Pirates are, the Pirates aren't very good. But uh, I, I think 
again, I, I'm not sure we know the answer to that question yet. I, I think all, the the point should be that all the games count the same because you know it's it's not it's not college football, right? It's not college basketball where you're only looking at your division record to to win you games in the division. And of course, it's always been that way. But now that you're playing everybody you know, you come down to the end of the season and you got games against some team from the NL West. Like you got to beat them to hold off the team behind you. Again, I get the point you're making. You beat the, you beat a team in your division. It counts double, right? Ideally or theoretically. Um, But listen, it's so early in the season. They just gotta, they just gotta win series. I I think they go up to Minnesota. They got to try to take two of three like they would if they were going out to Denver or if they were going, you know, if they were going to Seattle or, 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 or to the Bronx, like this is, um, a situation where they got to just start winning. And, and I, I don't think it's critical. There's no panic button that needs to be pressed. This is baseball. There's, we got six more months of this uh, to go kind of thing. Um, I don't think that like you were saying earlier, uh, I don't think that all of a sudden, like, okay, that was those first 10 games of the appetizer. And now things really start counting. Like, I think they're going to approach it the same way. And uh, uh, you should be a little, fired up to see the team within your division, maybe cutting back on these games almost increases the rivalry factor in some of this, because it's like, you know, it's not like, Oh, we're just going to see them 18 more times start. You know, it, it it might increase that rivalry factor a little bit, but we'll see, we'll see what gets going. I think right now, what you got to look at is the twins are playing well and, and the white Sox are doing one thing really well. They're hitting fantastically. Of course they didn't, score any runs today so it's a bad time to bring that up maybe but uh i mean the the offensive numbers particularly if you look at just the american league rankings first second third in so many categories um you know the home runs are a little league average right around there but really everything else has been fantastic from an offensive standpoint um i think that if that was the big thing we were looking for coming into this season how was the offense going to improve off what they did last year They've been really good oh. so far. And there's also still a big hole in that lineup. Luis Robert Jr. obviously didn't play today, but Aloy Jimenez, right. he hits a lot of home runs. Yeah, uh, he does. We, we, pay, we picked him to hit a lot of home runs this year. Uh, so, I mean, that's another thing, too, is, uh, you know, maybe the home runs haven't come just yet, but maybe when 74 is back in the lineup, uh, we'll see a little bit more of those. I do just wonder, though, because we heard Pedro Grafal kind of say, seeing a division opponent in the White Sox when he was with the Royals, you can kind of tell when they would be up for games and when they wouldn't be up for games. The White Sox went 9-10 and versus Minnesota last year, 9-10 and against the Royals, and 7-12 and versus the Guardians. That's not good. Um, losing records against all AL Central opponents, uh, you now see them 14 times instead of 19 times. Um, so I do think it's just has to have more importance because, you know, there has to be some tiebreaker, right? Well, or sure. Like head-to-head record, like I mean, there is, but I'm, yeah. I'm just like, saying, I just, like, it's again, they, it's April they, 9th. I don't think, I don't think any team in baseball is getting amped up for like division race caliber uh, energy at this point in the season. It, I mean, this is this is a long, long season, and if these guys expend all their energy in the first ten days, they're not going to be able to do anything the whole rest of the year. Um, this is a game about. The the, the 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 beauty of baseball a lot of people will tell you is if you have a bad day you get the next day to to, to make it up right and I think um obviously when there is an industry based on reacting to every single one of these games that we are a part of right you gotta you gotta try to take some big conclusions from everything you can't do it this especially this early in the season you just can't do it I understand everybody's like oh it's just gonna be a repeat of last year here we go again blah 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 you have no idea. We have no idea. We will see 
when we get down the road a little bit more. And I, and I think that applies to what you're talking about with the twins. Yeah. The, the, the White Sox need to win games against the Twins, but they need to win games against everybody. And, yes. and I think if they're going to make a habit of doing what they've done the last two series against the Giants, against the Pirates, where they only take one game, then yeah, the the overness of this is going to accelerate and you might want to start bringing out the shovels if they can't win series. But if they go up to Minnesota and take two or three, they've done exactly what they've, they're supposed to do. We're in probably my mind, going, we're yeah. probably, and we're probably going streaking down Madison if they take yeah, right. two, two or three. <laughs> um, you know that, that that's that's just the way everything happens and the way everything feels. I just do wonder too because this was such an important spot for them last year. Even in early April, they just lost three, right, three straight to Cleveland, um, eleven to one, two to one, six to three, and then they go to Minnesota. They lose a two to one ball game uh, where Kendall Graveman kind of blows it on on that Friday. Uh, they lose just a horrible game nine to two um on that saturday and then on sunday that's the liam Hendricks byron buxton game where it's like why didn't you walk him oh you're the, afraid of the eloy injury the, is yeah and, and that the, same game yeah right, right. Yeah. And, and the eloy injury as well yeah. um so that was just a, a crusher of, of, a, of a series so hopefully it's not that bad we've seen kind of series or seasons maybe have a because that that felt like a tone setter when they lost that series went just that way because then we saw, kind of saw the the same series or the same kind of run of games later in the season, which effectively ended yeah. their their series. Again, like, what I would say what I would say there is that hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And so, yeah, if at the end of the day, that was very emblematic of what happened the rest of the year: the catastrophic injury to to Aloy and the. Again, I thought Liam Hendricks was excellent last year, but that kind of just gut-wrenching way that they right. lost so many different games throughout the whole season. And that weird, weird Tony decisions as well. We could kind of, I can, I certainly, certainly ones that were debated. We'll put yes. it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, again, that's, you know, you're right in that it sticks as out as a memory, as a sore spot in a season that was just an overall sore spot, right? So, uh, yeah, sure. But I, I don't think that day you were like, oh boy, this is it. They're going to finish 500. A lot of folks probably were, but I mean, the, all I'm saying is they win the next day and those, th and that is all an ancient history memory kind of thing. I think though that, you know, everybody realized then that that was April and, and that there was so much to play. It just so happened that the so much to play ended up looking a lot like that. Well, and then we could also <laughs> fast forward to the next time that they step foot in Minnesota, July 14th to the 17th, they win 12 to two, six to two, lose six to three, win 11 to nothing. Luis Robert hits a massive grand slam. Mm -hmm. They're 46 and 46 going into the all-star break. Aloy is back. Aloy is right? back yep. and, uh -huh. and everything feels fine. Yeah. Um. So it's baseball. It's going to be a, a ride. It's going to be a journey. And uh, I, I feel... I mean, it's tough to say. I, I I don't know if I feel more confident in this team, but I, my my energy level, my my glass half full is still glass half full, just like it was where we were after the third series last year, where they're six and four, um, and and you know beating up on the Rays and the Mariners. Like mm -hmm. I I don't feel any worse than that point of last season. So I don't think right. I don't know. Well, and like, again, again, you say glass half full, it's glass. Most most of the way full because it's only been ten of the right. hundred and sixty two sips that you'll be taking throughout the rest of the summer. It's a long season, folks. Uh, remember the Atlanta Braves? They were like uh, under below five hundred in twenty twenty one and won the World Series. But again, I don't even I don't even want to play that card. Know, it's not even about that. It's literally the tenth game. Yes, one hundred percent. Let's take a quick break and we'll talk a little bit about Jose Ruiz leaving the team and. Uh, old face or a long you know a, a long time face yeah. uh, leaves and you know you don't really have to. 
do too much uh, mental gymnastics to learn the new name. Uh, you know, the, the, it's a, it's no a, pronunciation problems over here for that one. No, 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 no. Uh, let's take a break though and let you know about Foco Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Demar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. Foco, that's F O C O. You're looking for the perfect gift. For the football fan in your life, Foco's got you co covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Maybe 70, though, so go buy some shorts. Uh, check out Foco.com. That's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Oh, buy some shorts. Yeah. That's a good call. Why not? It's 65 degrees outside today. It's going to be 80 later this week. Let's go. See, here's the thing. Don't let don't let don't let the results of a baseball game get you down when the sun's out. <laughs> right. That's the thing, folks. Beautiful. It is going to be fantastic for the next four months oh, and, yeah. and five months. So even if, you know, the baseball's bad, the weather will hopefully be good. So, you know, you could just spend more time outside. Uh, touch some grass, folks. Uh, let's let you know about Shady Rays as well. When you're out in the sun, when you are bathing in that 80 degree weather take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead for premium polarized shades at an affordable price i sat on my nice uh shady ray sunglasses it was an accident um the little uh what's it called the thing that rests on your nose um they bent in and i was like oh no yeah seen, i've seen this before yeah. they're gonna crack they're gonna break i just pushed them back and it's, they're fine they're all back in normal uh shady rays were built to last and they're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn i'd say even better durable frames just told you and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure and that's not all if i did break my shady rays they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked my guy alec s in the chat i know he bought his shady rays and said it's truly no questions asked so exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try yourself. Uh, the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Thank you, Shady Rays, for your support. I got I to gotta send a little uh, greeting to Alec S. He's in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, yeah. M-I-Z. Yes. There you go. Uh, Three and a half years of my life down there in Columbia, Missouri. I don't even think he's, uh, he's a tiger, though. No? No, just I, hanging out. He's 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 from the South Side, and uh, okay. he he moved to Missouri uh, to Kansas City, I think sure. first, Been there. and then then moved to Columbia. Okay, uh, for work. Como, but, the quality city. I I feel like he didn't he didn't. I think he. I, I, I Alec, let me know where you went to college. I, I I'm blanking on where you went to college. I think he went to Slip. Um, yeah, his 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 uh his his uh fiance is now explained it all. Uh, there you go. Uh, shout out to Alec. Fight Tigers, fight for Ole Mizzou. <laughs> We got to get Ryan Herrera in here if you're going to start talking like oh that. Oh my goodness! Uh, decked With out that, in Missouri gear be, every single day. That would be day. like a three-hour podcast. Oh, man, he's like a Met fan. Like, just he's decked out in Missouri. Is that a like, Mets? Fan? I, I just always, I just feel like if you're a, a Mets or Yankee fan, like you got the jacket, you got the hat on, like wearing the uniform. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Herrera is always wearing uh, the Mizzou uh, uniform. Yeah. The uh, only Mizzou shirt I wear anymore is just the one from the pizza place in town. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and you got to uh, love on the the. Grateful Dead or the Led Zeppelin shirt that you're wearing uh, today with a, a nice tie dye. Um, let's go to the Jose Ruiz. Um, Jose Ruiz was DFA, as we mentioned, and now he was traded to PHNX. Uh, the Diamondbacks got Jose Ruiz for cash. Uh, and old face, Alex Colomay 
is He's now back on a with, minor league deal with the Charlotte Knights. And today he made his first appearance with the Charlotte Knights and he struck out Zach Collins. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> this White is the Sox second time I'm telling Vinny and he's still shocked. White Sox rebuild all-stars <laughs> coming through here. Mercy. Uh, yeah. What do we expect here from the bullpen? Uh, let's go to the takeaways here, Stephen, if you do have those ready, because uh, one of my takeaways is bullpen centric. I feel like we learned a lot about Pedro Grafal. Uh, oh, did you do the thing where you're 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 flashing one at a time? I, I did do the thing, but I could just put them both on. There no, why don't put them both? Put them both. Right, put them both. Put them both. Put them both. Okay. Uh, you're, you're good. Oh, thank you, Stephen. Oh, look at you. this is a very nice graphic. I, I really underestimated how this looks steep. like a comic book. We're 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 talking in quote bubbles like that. I like that. And someone deleted Stephen's uh Stephen's uh original template. So uh, yeah, I had, I had a nice one, and now I have to redo it. This one looks all right, but I think I like the last one better. Yeah. Oh no. I, well, I don't know. I think this worked. Um, but we're learning more about Pedro uh, Griffol's bullpen choices um in friday in a tied game 7-7 he went to jake diekman uh jake diekman kind of let that go um and then in a one-run game uh with the bases loaded brought in jimmy lambert and things got messy down five to finish the game we saw jesse schultz seeing that depth uh where ruiz really couldn't go three innings schultz goes three innings and is able to let them even though it was an ugly game close out only using three pitchers which i think was huge for this team Saturday up two with a runner on second. They go to Joe Kelly after Clevenger gets taken out up seven with a clean inning middle of the lineup. They go Aaron bummer up seven clean inning. You get Kendall Graveman up seven clean inning Ronaldo Lopez. And then Sunday down one clean inning, Jimmy Lambert down one clean inning, Jake Diekman uh, Diekman and Lambert look good today, yeah. um, but still very odd to see, even though uh, it was a losing game, a one run game, you don't see the best pitchers out of the bullpen. And even in a, a larger game with the lead, a seven-run lead, you're seeing Kelly, Graveman, Raylo. Um, are we seeing similarities to, you know, Tony's winning bullpen versus Tony's losing bullpen? I don't know if you can go that far quite yet. I think what you what I would point out about this weekend specifically, or, or today specifically even, is all those guys that you mentioned that pitched on Saturday. Mm. And so you, you go to Lambert and Digman, who have each had a full day of rest because they didn't pitch on Saturday. Everybody that you probably would prefer to use in that, I'm not saying Pedro does because he's very matchups oriented, but but that might be more logical, let's say, to go in there were the four guys that you read that pitched literally the day before. Now, it's not that you're not able to go back to back, but listen, whatever those decisions, whatever spawned those decisions today to put in Lambert and put in Diekman worked beautifully. Mm -hmm. I mean, those guys, I think between the two of them, one base runner, right? Lambert yeah. walked a guy, Diekman was perfect. So, um, it, it it worked perfectly there. I think if everybody's sitting there going, "Oh man, why are you throwing these guys in there?" You could throw, uh, you could go back out to to Lopez, go back out to Kelly or, or or Graveman. Well, you could also have you could play the the long term chess game a little bit, and now look who's fresh for Monday against the Minnesota exactly. Twins. Um, it 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 worked out. I think that way in Pedro's favor. Uh, it's not there. Are not always going to look like that. But uh, you're right. It is kind of interesting as time goes along to see how things go. And I think you just got to remember the way that Pedro had said he's going to utilize his bullpen. He those guys show up uh, every day of the game. Those relief pitchers, and they tell them, "Here's the part of the lineup that we want you to that we're gonna that you should expect to face today." whether that's based on, on matchups or whatever, it is not based on, well, we'll see what's going on in the seventh inning, and then right. maybe you'll pitch. It's when these guys come up in the batting order in a relief situation, you can expect to be one of the guys that gets called on to face them. Um, doesn't matter what inning that's in. So it's not 
as I, as I've been saying all, all the last week and a half now here, it's not necessarily going to be like you're used to seeing a bullpen deployed or like you might deploy a bullpen, right? It's not going to be, all right, it's the eighth inning, run the eighth inning guy out there. You know, if you're winning by three or less kind of thing. So it, it, it's going to be different, maybe on a daily basis based on what those matchups are. But, if, but the big thing over the last few days has been the rest and the availability of these bullpen guys. That's why you saw Jose Ruiz get DFA'd on Friday. Pedro spent so much time after Thursday's game complimenting the few pitchers that did pitch, excuse me, <clears throat> after Lance Lynn because the bullpen had been so taxed because Kopech couldn't go long. And mm -hmm. then uh, and then uh, Cease couldn't go quite as long as he's used to uh, on Wednesday. And then Lynn has a short outing. He didn't even make it out of the fifth uh, well, on Thursday. Kopech and all the guys coming out of the bullpen on the home opener got shelled. Right. And so like, not only are those guys being used a little bit more than the White Sox would like, they're not having the results that they would like either, which, again, then screws up your whole plan of we want you to face this part of the lineup. For crying out loud, Hanser Alberto pitched twice in that <laughs> Giants series. That's ridiculous. And so it, the bullpen is a little bit more taxed than they would like it to be right now. The schedule's not going to do them any favors. So they got to figure out a way to get this thing back on track mid-games, right? And so you're balancing two things at once if you're Pedro Grifol. You've got to utilize the pitchers that you want to utilize to win games and at the same time keep your bullpen fresh because you got – 150 something games to get them all all the way through over the next few months so i think they're probably in a decent spot with what i just said how the guys who all all the high leverage or the you know the highest leverage guys let's say who pitched on saturday didn't have to pitch today they're probably good for the start of that twin series but the number one thing that they would like to see i can guarantee you is Dylan Cease go six, seven innings tomorrow? Right. Is Lance Lynn go six, seven innings on Tuesday? That's the thing that they need to do in order to get that bullpen back on track. Absolutely. And I don't think it's bad, too, to have those guys tr have trust in themselves. Like, I mean, first off, the, the reason why the White Sox lost today is not pitching. I mean, you know, obviously they gave up that one triple and they couldn't really play great defense to keep that guy in. Um, but still, I mean, the, the Pirates hit it out to deep center field and they, they drove in a run. Um, you need to score runs. I mean, you know, you lost one to nothing against the Pirates. So I, that's that's the real culprit here. And I don't care that he really went to Jimmy Lambert, Jake Diekman, because, again, in a one run game, you might have to go to those guys on certain games. And Jake Diekman, especially against lefties, he was killer today. I mean, he got three swings on or three whiffs on seven swings and a called strike whiff percentage of 40 percent. That was good. He was throwing strikes. Jake Diekman is good when he's throwing strikes. He's bad when he's throwing balls. Um <laughs> So having that confidence, especially with how long his contract is, um, you know, you need to build up faith uh, in, in some of these guys. Um, so I, I don't hate that he's going to some of these guys in tight games, and especially you bringing up now, Raylo, Graveman, Kelly, all fresh for that Minnesota series, which is which is huge. Um, and hopefully, again, with the spot that they are in the rotation, they can you know take full advantage of that. They can have their guys go six, seven innings, um, and we could see them, you know have a very limited bullpen use like they did today. They only used two pitchers. But yeah, um, I'm very I'm very interested in the whole Kalame thing. I think it's I think it's I think it's another listen, we talked we've talked now two off seasons in a row or two preseasons in a row and one full off season right for us here at CHGO about these minor league signings, these guys that maybe you've heard of before but that are really just rolls of the dice. It worked really well for them last year with Johnny Cueto. This is this again, and, and who knows? Maybe it turns in to another weapon in that bullpen, uh, or maybe it doesn't. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's it, it, but it's another roll of those dice, and and we'll see what happens. That it came, that the news of it came like the same day 
that they DFA'd uh, Ruiz, Ruiz was pretty interesting. Um, but I think that's probably more just uh, just coincidence than anything else. But um, listen, uh, you take a look at that pitching road or that pitching staff in Charlotte and the guys who are pitching out of that bullpen right now. Column A becomes just as interesting a name as any of them, I think. Yeah, um, right now in the minors on the 40-man, A.J. Alexei, who walked seven guys and one and a third, but didn't allow a hit. Uh, Tanner Banks. Seven who, guys. Yeah, seven guys. My goodness. It's like the, so many walks. It's like the seven to five <laughs> no-hitter <laughs> that, 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 that one uh, the, the Chattanooga lookouts had. Uh, Tanner Banks in, in on the 40-man with a minor league deal. I would assume that he's one of the next guys up just because of his experience. Um, with the major league team last year, uh, Franklin Herman or German uh, is uh, on a minor is on the forty man roster. Davis Martin on the forty man roster, he's probably up there with Tanner Banks, depending on if they want a righty or lefty. Nicholas Padilla is on the forty man roster, and Stever is on the forty man roster. So, I mean, they would have to make a move to get one of those guys off to get Colome on. Um, I think it depends on how well he pitches. Colome last year was with Colorado, um, but he was worse away. From course field, uh, six ERA away in 23 and two thirds innings, a 5.40 ERA in cores in 23 and a third innings for Colomay. Um, he was decent when he was with the Twins back in 2021, a 103 plus ERA, but an 82 ERA plus last year. It's a flyer. I mean, again, right. he might be on the team. He might not be on the team. It's major league depth, though. I mean, a guy with major league experience. Um, I don't want to see him back up here because I think that probably is a bad sign for the major league bullpen, whether it be health or poor performance, maybe, um, but, but now they've got a, a guy, they've got a guy there now who's playing a role that you might not need every day. You know what I mean? Maybe Jesse Shelton's ends up on the shuttle. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. he's the guy who you call up when the bullpen is taxed, but when it isn't go ahead and get another, a, a more effective arm perhaps in there or who knows, or maybe Shelton shows that he belongs here and he becomes this year's version of Tanner Banks. Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Um, I do think that they might, well, they got, Bummer and, and Deekman, I guess those are their lefties right now. And Crochet um, probably do back at some point uh, over the next month or so. Yeah, in May. And yeah, that, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I mean, Schulten's too. I mean, if, if Liam is able to return and, you know, return before May, like they're saying, maybe Schulten's, that's when he takes his dip back to Charlotte is when Liam Hendricks returns. So, um, you know, this bullpen definitely will not look like this when it comes to October. Well, um, bullpens like, in general, right. though, they just fluctuate so much over the course of the year, even if that opening day bullpen, you know, you're absolutely right because Hendricks and Crochet aren't here, right? But like, even if it was on opening day, the guys that they wanted, it's just gonna do this all year, just because you know you've got to you got to bring in a guy for when when the bullpen's tired. You got to bring in a guy when someone goes on the IL. It's just the nature of the beast. You had a takeaway about Kopech. I did, and I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about him. But I think so many folks last year focused on the coaching staff, and again, Ethan Katz was kind of mostly immune from that criticism. But it was, why aren't these guys making the adjustments that they need to make? You know, this is, oh, we're seeing this problem with the with the lineup or the pitch selection or or hitting balls in the air over the course of the season. Why aren't they fixing it kind of thing? On Monday, Michael Kopech might have been, probably was, tipping his pitches. And the White Sox said, we're going to look at it. We're going to we're going to look at it and, and we're going to make some adjustments to fix it. They saw something. They went to work over the course of the four, five, I guess, days that between his starts. And man, did they fix it. 
because he was excellent today against the Pirates. It's it's an example of the coaching staff and 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 Michael himself making the adjustments they need to make from game to game to get better. And in this case, get a lot better because he was real bad in giving up five home runs on uh, on Monday. Uh, so this was a very positive example of what folks were looking for all season last year in tangible evidence. You know, not just the whole behind the scenes conversations, which of course are happening all the time, but tangible evidence of the coaching staff doing the work to make the team better. You can't get it. You can't get it any more uh, uh, blatant or obvious than this. Absolutely. And two, if if this is just one game and we're just looking at, you know, basing it off how a guy looks in a game and when he's throwing pitches. I wouldn't have even taken Kopech out. Obviously, you know, you 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 he doesn't really have that long of uh, you know not a lot of many seven inning outings. Uh, going over a hundred pitches is always you know iffy for for starters. Um, but he just looked sharp the entire time. There it was not a roller coaster. It wasn't up and down. We've seen so many times where Kopech hits that wall and he starts hitting ninety two on the gun. He starts hitting you know ninety three. Just starts losing that velocity. That zip. That slider starts you know not dipping and, and not really diving out of the zone it just kind of stays flat you did not see that today it was sharp throughout the entire game the only time he was touching 90 was with his changeup. that's a great sign for Michael Kopech um, and against a very heavy left-handed lineup um, I mean there was eight line at lefties in this lineup and he dealt with all of them uh, again only two hits allowed for uh, Michael Kopech and, and absolutely to the point of uh, you know they saw something and they fixed it. I mean, the Pirates didn't pick up on it. Uh, so that, that's huge right there. Um, we'll see what he does in his next start. Uh, that will be against, who do they play? After? Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, next weekend. Ooh. Ooh, he's on the uh, sweatshirt giveaway night. Oh, he's, on, he's on the house. Saturday one. Oh, that's packed great. House. 110. Michael Kopech versus Kyle Gibson. Let's go. That's that's a great giveaway day. Uh, so to make sure you're going over to game time and checking that out. Is there a game time read? No, it's a comment read. Um, Let's let you know about ComEd. Uh, the Ener- the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is com- committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve help manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide var- variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. And ComEd offers a free facility assessment that can help find energy saving opportunities like HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed plan specific to your goals and needs. And these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately. And each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. That is comed.com slash powering B-I-Z. Let's get into Andrew Vaughn real quick. Um, final thing that I just wanted to bring up today was an ugly day for my guy. Uh, seven swings, five whiffs. Um, Andrew Vaughn, something that I've always been uh excited by is his ability to make contact and his ability to be a guy that just doesn't take a lot of bad swings um he looked lost today um just not really able to pick up anything from david bednar in that ninth inning uh went down with a quick strikeout and aviedo the starter right hander again being able to neutralize andrew vaughn i don't know if it's a a, a big concern for me through seven games but um the two andrews not looking too good so far. Uh, th- if there's two cons- hitters that I'm concerned about, it's it's Vaughn and Benatendi. Well, I'll say this. A lot of love in the comments for Gavin Sheets, who yes, had uh, three hits today. So 
uh, we'd be uh, remiss to uh, let the show end without mentioning Gavin's nice day. Uh, the White Sox hitters uh, saw five uh, ball three pitches. Four of them were from Gavin Sheets in the seventh inning where he hit. And won it back. And won it back. Uh, yeah. One other one was Sebi Zavala uh, in the fifth inning. So that's just ugly to see. Again, this team, the one concern is, you know, we've seen, we're seeing hits. We're seeing extra base hits. We're seeing a little bit more power. That's good. This team still isn't walking. Uh, still lower, like 5% walk rate or so around where they were last year. I would like to see that improve. I'll tell you this. Pedro has said now on multiple times, though, that they they want this team wants to be aggressive. And they 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 are saying very much along the lines of what Tony Larusa and 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 Frank Manichino were saying a year ago, which is walks are a product of a good approach at the plate, of good at bats, right? But Pedro has said numerous times, pretty forcefully, the White Sox are not going up to the plate looking to take a walk. They're going up to the plate looking to get a hit, and the idea being that their mastery of the strike zone in in being able to hit well will produce walks. They don't. It's not like this team is saying you know, forget about walking altogether. But when it comes to the approach, they're not going up. They're trying to get walks. They're trying to go up. They're trying to get hits. And we saw it last year and we saw it not turn out well. Uh, they do have a high BABIP right now. Uh, their balls in play or the batting average on balls in play um, is high and it seems a little too high to be true. But even when Tim Anderson's hitting the ball in play, he's hitting it hard, which is a great sign. I think he has like 16 plus 95 mile per hour hits. Um, so uh, again, the mastery of the strike zone and with how hard their guys hit it, that that's fine. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see Ben attendee walk a little bit more. I feel like he can't have better at bats Vaughn as well. Um, it seems like they're going down uh, fighting a little bit. I feel like some of these guys, maybe that's not the best approach for them, but well, but I'm, again, I'm how many how many times? Well, but how many times too have we talked about it being on a? I, I, at least my opinion is it should probably be on an individual basis, right? Like, sure. Tim Anderson shouldn't be going up no. there trying to walk. But guess who very obviously does? Yasmani Grandal, right? And he's built a career on being that kind of player. Um, I think Benintendi's probably somewhere in the middle of that, right? And so I, I think it probably it's different things work for different players. And uh, and so if you want to make that your team-wide motto, that's fine. But how many times last year did we hear a team-wide motto being said by Tony or, or, or Menachino? And it was about... Hey, we need to be selective. We're so we, you know, we want our team to be selective, not swing at pitches out of the zone. And there were several players, uh, you know, of note who very clearly were doing their own thing to their detriment. Right. I think you can do your own thing to to, you know, and have it be a benefit to to all, every player, but you know, you have to be doing it well. And uh some guys are doing it well, some guys aren't. What I would say through 10 games, offense has not been the problem for the White Sox. No. Um, just the not eight ERA from all the pitchers, That'll um, do it. but Hey, even Gavin sheets too. Gavin sheets has looked great. Um, he's got the second highest average exit velocity, um, out of all white Sox hitters. Uh, I think his single today was over hundred miles per hour. So that's great. Um, do you know who leads the team in exit velocity? It's only five batted ball events though. Who so leads a, the team in exit velocity? Yes. And it's someone who doesn't play very often because no. they've only hit the ball five times. Yes. Sebi Zavala. No, Jake Berger. Jake, um, well, just, that makes sense. just smashing balls. <laughs> uh, absolutely insane. Uh, I'm excited to see him. Uh, he, he's been really good uh, since he's been up so far. He smashed Rich Hill to pieces. Uh, it was awesome. Every time they play a lefty, you'll see him. <laughs> yeah, hey, and uh, good, because he's he's really talented at hitting left-handed <laughs> hitting, uh, left-handed pitchers. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Jake Berger. Um, that, that's nice depth, though, to see. You know, it's not good to see Aloy go out. But, hey, when, when they do, I, I feel like Jake Berger is of major league quality. 
I feel like Gavin Sheets is of, is of major league quality, and it's nice that that's the platoon that they're going after. And two, you know, if we see a left-handed reliever, we'll probably see Jake Berger come into the game because, again, that's what Pedro's uh, kind of harped on a lot is is that platoon uh, uh, between those two. Yeah, he did the reverse on Wednesday against the Giants where he, where he mm-hmm. plugged Sheets in later in the game once they uh, once the Giants went to the bullpen. So there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we see more Jake Berger. Um, anyways, it's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. That is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Herb Lawrence will be here tomorrow. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenwell23. He's coming back from PNC. We'll hear about his second favorite ballpark uh, as well for a 110 game. A very weird start for a Monday, but we will be with you for your afternoon drive home with a CHGO White Sox postgame show. Uh, again, you can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. And I am Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. Thank you, Stephen Nicholas, for producing the show. We'll see you for a 12.30 pregame for the Sox and Twins tomorrow. Cease versus Maeda.